Ken Napsok, author of Why We Love Star Wars, and you're listening to The Atomic Podcast. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where I blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. My guest today, it's weird for me to say this, he's an author of the book, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Built a Galaxy Far, Far Away, and he's also a podcaster. You have, He has a lot of podcast shows, The Knapsack Files. Um, he's been in everything, and I'm just rambling right now because I can't believe he's back after like four or five years. Mr. Ken Knapsack, the pit boss. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's up? What's up, Ethan? It's good to be back. I cannot believe it's been four years since you and I hung out in New York City, and then I appeared on your show. Time flies, man. I know, man. There's a, I mean, like, from back then, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you left your regular 9-to-5 gig. You know, you're... Yeah. You know, like, could, could, could you take me back? Like, you know, you was working, you gave your job notice, you left, and then now you're doing your passion full-time, correct? Yeah, I mean, it. it uh, I left uh, my day job, which was, uh, I was a security director uh, mm-hmm. for about 17 years, and I was doing stand-up and, and sketch comedy and writing during that time, but then, uh, yeah, I got the opportunity to be a producer an occasional host with Screen Junkie, so I left. That was a full-time gig. Then I left that to go be with Collider Video, so that would be after you and I talked. Mm-hmm. Um, working on all the stuff over there with my, my buddies, and then uh, Complex Media, some stuff was happening. And next thing you know, boom, I'm laid off. No job. And <laughs> got to kind of figure it out. But guess what? It's been a year and a half, I think. Yeah, a year and a half. And I've been uh, on my own uh, ever since. And uh, scraping by at times, but making it work. And and that allowed me to do something cool like write this book. Wow. Um, before I talk about the book, I just want to say when you left the job, I know you had probably steady insurance. How was it like when you get sick and not going to the doctor, like you just tough it out? Or like what did you do? Did you get like Cobra insurance? Like what did you this is, why, this is why I like your show, man. I would not be expecting to talk about insurance in any other show. But I, for the first time in my, I guess, life, because, you know, childhood, you're, you're covered by your parents, right? It's that yeah. thing. And uh, I went without uh, health insurance for a year. Holy you know, shit. Paid a little tax uh, fine for that, and, and um, <laughs> gosh, it was it was um, it was one of those things. I probably could have done it. I, I the process is a little confusing, and blah blah blah. I could go into that kind of conversation, but yeah, I ended up just kind of the year moved so fast because even though I was without full time work, in the sense of going to an office, a uh, studio every day, nine to five, nine to six, whatever it was at the time, like. I, I've been busy. In fact, I, I keep saying that since I lost my job, I've been more busy than I've ever been. So it's one of those things of, ah, next week I'll, I'll figure out the insurance thing. Ah, next week I'll figure it out. And a year <laughs> went by, finally did it. I do have insurance now, so I can get sick. And God bless <laughs> and, and, um, despite uh, any uh, political affiliations, uh, whatever side you fall on or whatever side of the conversation, I, I do believe uh, health care is important, and, and, it's a, and uh, I think a lot of people should have access to it. I'm thankful for me uh, being able to have it. Uh, but that's an interesting thing. It was it made the year real tense. I didn't go outside a lot. Either. I didn't <laughs> so that year, I guess you didn't get the flu. You didn't get any stomach upset. You didn't get any kind of th- kind uh, of situations. I didn't. I, I didn't. Be- and I was worried because there was a, back in like 2015, early 2015, before you and I met uh, in New York. Uh, I got real. I got a sinus infection that put me in the in the hospital. So it's like you don't know. You don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, you don't know what's going to go on, so you, you live on the edge, man. Uh, it's like a, it's like being in a scaffold match in uh, NWA in 1986 uh, against the uh, you know Fantastics or something. I'm hanging up there for my dear life, uh, but it worked out. You know, at least you wasn't like Jim Cornette and blew your knees out when you fell down. <laughs> that's what I felt like, though. I felt like Cornette before he fell. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people that have dreams, they have aspirations, and they want to do their goals, but they're scared because either they have a family or they just like the security of, of financial income. So you doing what you did, that was a big leap of faith, man. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to chase your dreams. But I wouldn't have, wouldn't have done that if I wasn't uh you know if i if my employment didn't change uh against my will you know what i mean yeah <laughs> I, I would have been stuck in a nice comfortable uh safety net and that's not always a good thing yeah because you know you was freelancing back and forth with collider and then um you was also on screen junkies as well right at that time uh well well i was full-time at collider for yeah. a year and a half uh so okay. that's the, you know, for complex media uh complex media um ended up selling the company and uh i was laid off from complex and told by the new company they wouldn't be picking me up so mm. kind of putting it in this little gray area um so then you go freelance uh and that's tough and that's tough because i'm in an industry digital media doesn't pay a lot so 95 percent of the times that you're listening to a podcast or you're watching a show on a big network um you know don't no one's getting paid people coming in as guests freelance i'm not talking guests like I'm a guest on your show right now, and you're giving me the opportunity to promote my book in exchange for content. That's a fair trade. Uh, but if I'm a pundit on a show talking about movie news, uh, not a lot of people getting paid for that. So it, it makes it very hard to be a free. So it makes it really hard, right? Yeah, it does. It does. You cut out for a little bit, but are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. I... Yes. Hello. Hey. Yeah. 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 You're cutting in and out, buddy. Yeah. I'm. I'm here now. Okay. Good. I'm glad because I missed you. <laughs> yeah. But um. So then you know you had that um. So at that time when you left work and you was transitioning um when did you have time to write a book? Uh, that came later in the year, uh, in, uh, what year is this now? 2018. Um, I was trying to make a lot of things work, uh, and was making it work, but thankfully I have a, of a very, uh, a humbly robust Patreon page that, that helped me survive. And, and I choose, I choose to run my Patreon like a subscription service. It's not just me saying, Hey, you know, toss me a dollar if you like my podcast. That, that's part of it. And that's what Patreon started out as, I think, but I, I have a lot of content every week and every month, so if you support me on Patreon, I, I want you to feel like this is a personal Netflix or um, a Hulu or something like that. I don't have original scripted programming yet, but um, <laughs> that's what I want to feel, and I have something called the TNF Boardroom, which is a higher tier of support, and I actually have business meetings uh, that I record and broadcast, and I take, uh, you know, take questions and actually advice. And a lot of decisions I've made on Patreon have come uh, with the backing and support and even the idea from some of my supporters. So that's how I run it. So that kind of became a gig. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not enough to survive on in Los Angeles. So you just got to take it as you can. And then uh, about halfway through the year, I was like, 
you know, I, I want to write a book. I want to try that. It wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do a Star Wars book, but I had some things uh, I wanted to work on. And I met with uh, Alicia Malone, who you know, uh, yeah. who wrote two books uh, for Mango Publishing, and I'm sure more on the way, uh, Backward and in Heels and The Female Gaze. Mm-hmm. And uh, met with her, and she kind of encouraged me to do it and set me up with uh, a call with Mango Publishing. The next thing you know, three days later, I was starting the process of, of writing a book. Well, with the whole process, um, how long did you think it, it took you? Because there's a lot of people that have written books like Jericho, Foley, and it's taken years for them to like write books. But they're talking about their careers from like early beginnings. You're talking about for your pa- for your passion for Star Wars. So, like, um, how long did it pretty much take you to have a concise structure for your book? Uh, from the, the concept phase was uh, a month in August. Mm-hmm. Started writing earnest in September of 2018, and and all told, I was finally finished early February 2019, the, and the book course came out May 2019. So um, it was a. I don't know if I'd do that again. I'd probably want more time. Yeah. Because um, even though I'm very happy with everything in the book, you look at I look at it now and go, ah, I don't like that sentence. Uh, I might have changed a thought here, but we had a kind of a go 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 mentality, and and it's fine. And the book's out, and I'm very happy with it, obviously. But you know, as as an artist, a creative person, you're always going to doubt what you did, but. Yeah, a little more time would have been okay, but uh, that's that was on me because if I had been brave enough sooner in the year, I would have had the time. But I waited, and then we had to do it fast to try to make. Uh, uh, we were trying for May the fourth, uh, and then I just uh, you know did post production on the book, kind of pushed it to a May fifteenth release, which was fine uh, mm. because the book's kind of evergreen; it doesn't need to be attached to one specific thing in Star Wars. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who have written Star Wars books. Um, what stands your Star Wars book out from everyone else? I think uh, right now it is, you know, it's a, it's a fan's perspective and a fan's journey, mm-hmm. mine. But um, it, 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 I worked really hard to uh, make sure I was uh, trying to address all different kinds of fandom mm-hmm. from all points of view as best I could, even though it's, I'm writing it from my point of view and my journey. And the title, Why We Love Star Wars, it refers to the little little moments the little sounds the characters and the big themes and the big moments that that make us love star wars and uh, i thought in this time where where fandom's pretty where the fandom's pretty uh uh divided or or toxic at times or just uh, unhappy i i wanted to focus on on being positive yeah, and the thing is, you've always been positive about Star Wars, and people could see you on Jedi Council talking about it. Um, Star Wars is a big love of your heart, and to put that much effort into writing a book about a passion that you care so much about, it's like you're pouring your love into that. And, um, like, did you have to, um, you know, like, I, like, you know I, I never wrote a book before, so I'm just asking this random question. Like, when you have all this information and knowledge of Star Wars, of knowledge of anything that you love, how do you try to maintain an order where you know what you're going to talk about like there's like you know like do you find yourself getting off topic when you was like writing the book and then like say oh i want to put this down i want to put this down like how how did you keep yeah. it in order uh you know it's 100 essays and in all it's 104 essays but 100 essays are my favorite moments in star wars so even though there's kind of a rank there's definitely a rank 100 through mm-hmm. one um, it's my rank and i try to go to great lengths at the beginning of the book and the prologue to say hey don't don't 
don't fight me on this ranking because it's literally <laughs> just mine. And yours is not only yours, but yours is more important because it's yours. Yeah. So I kept with that. Uh, I, I a couple times would change the rankings, but I pretty much had a plan of where I wanted to get to uh, with each essay. Now the struggle came you know, uh, in trying to get the words sometimes, uh, testing myself to write this this much. I'd never written this much before. I've written a lot of things, but you know, this book's 388 pages. Um, I didn't intend it to be that, that long. Uh, each essay was supposed to be a little shorter, but I just found myself writing and writing and writing. Now, that's not always a good thing. Sometimes you can get a little rambly. Uh, that's why you have editors and copy editors and all that stuff. And, and I had a good team at Mango, Hugo, Robin, and, and their team. But, uh, yeah, you just kind of, you know, Star Wars is in my heart. That's why it was an easy decision to write about Star Wars mm-hmm. versus some of the other ideas I had. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of this, um, I know this is probably premature for me to ask, but will this lead to a sequel of uh, more Star Wars? Or um, would you write about wrestling? Because wrestling is another passion of yours. Have you thought about other topics? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I joke in the prologue about, uh, you know, we, we decided to... I had to write this book now, okay. even though episode nine is right around the corner, and the Mandalorian's right around the corner, and Cassian Andor series, and new Star Wars. You know, Star Wars is fortunately going to go on and on and on, but I felt, even though I know it would have made some sense to write it after episode nine, I needed to do this now. Mm-hmm. And because Star Wars is going to keep going, yeah, yeah. Uh, we definitely, you know, choose... Uh, you know, we chose this time, and I'm happy with that. Uh, so maybe, who knows? Maybe there will be a sequel in a couple of years. Uh, 50 more Greatest Moments, or a revised <laughs> version. Maybe there'll be something in Episode 9 that I'm like, that's my new number one. Um, but that's what's, that's great. As far as other things, yeah, I do love wrestling. I love the history of wrestling. I, I don't know. I would I don't know the angle quite yet, but I, I would, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to writing about wrestling. Hmm, see, so there's a little hint right there. You might dabble in it in the future. That's po- that's a possibility. It's a possibility. Yeah, it, it is, it is, it is. It would be it would be very positive, too, because, you know, that, that's my that's my idea about a lot of things is celebrate. Wrestling fans, you know, wrestling fans seems to want, seem to watch wrestling to hate it, and I just don't get that. I've never gotten that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's variety is the spice of life. If you love um, Dr. Pepper, you'll love Pepsi, and you'll love Mountain Dew. You know, it's just, it's there, you know, for, for consumption. Uh, I, I agree with you. You know, um, so um, writing this, um, did it take a lot of time and effort? Like, did you have to like be isolated by yourself and just think of moments in your in your you know in your life that that triggered like yeah. memories from Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, you know, you have to dig in and find out. You know, really capture. Uh, capture the spirit of uh, you know your your youth. I, I wanted to write a lot about what Star Wars meant to me as a kid and how that joy just keeps going for me. But then you know, some some of the essays are more of a breakdown of the scenes. There's one particular one uh, that's a moment in The Force Awakens that I just I've always loved, and it's the moment where Rey hears the name of Luke Skywalker. Finn says it, and she's like, Luke Skywalker. I thought he was a myth, and that's one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. And it pays off later in the in the in the ending, and, and there's a lot of uh, connections in the rest of the trilogy to that moment. And um, I, I broke down that scene, probably watched it for four hours, frame by frame, and wrote about 
Daisy's literal almost every movement of her face, and so that that's a different style. And I would approach it. Some of them got a little weird, wonderfully weird. I hope uh, there's one about uh, um, Empire Strikes Back where Yoda's training Luke, and I I just wrote it like a pamphlet to instruct a, a Jedi how to train a new Jedi in this modern age, and had fun with it there too. So each one's a little different. But you had to find it out, and you know you struggle. Oh, I only had a couple nervous breakdowns. That's okay, right? <laughs> That's quite all right. That's quite all right, man. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's amazing that, you know, you catalog everything and, you know, you took your time and effort and you wrote everything down as, as a fan because there's a lot of fans who probably dream of doing what you just did right now and wrote a Star Wars book. And it shows... It shows how much George Lucas affected a lot of people with his passion and his vision. Like the way, you know, there's fans who are passionate about Game of Thrones and George, their um, George Lucas is George R.R. R. Martin. So um, it's amazing that it's still growing strong. And, you know, Star Wars is the, is divisive for some people. Some people are not fans of The Last Jedi. Some people are. Some people don't like the original trilogy. Some people like the prequels. So it's it's... You know, it's it's all potpourri of different different things. How people feel about Star Wars. Um, Star Wars. Um, since you wrote a book about it, this is your prime passion for it, correct? Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of things I love in life that are in, in terms of fandoms and, and franchises and movies and books and everything. Uh, this is definitely uh, top of the list. It always was. Uh, you know, there's a little moments in my life late 80s i was more into baseball cards and baseball and i'm still a big baseball fan but um all that and then uh um you know just uh um uh, game of thrones and robotech and wrestling all these things that we grew up as a kid and we thought we had a you know you and i in our generation we thought of, we thought we had to put that stuff away then it turns out <laughs> oh, oh you don't you could actually write books about it and make a career talking about it so it's been fun but star wars has always been at the top of the list i know you know how i i could tell you how many times i get heckled when i have like a star trek or star wars shirt like oh my god aren't you you too old for watching star wars like um <laughs> Oh man, you got to move to LA, brother, where everyone. Uh, <laughs> you know, here, here the the clothing wear is camo, so that's you know I don't really, <laughs> I don't have much camo. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, um, Star Wars. Why we love Star Wars. Your your book. Um. What are like the reviews out there? Like, um, did you get a, a lot of positive response as of yet? So far, it's good. I mean, the book's been out for uh, time of this recording about a week. Um, it's going pretty good, you know. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I have a good fan base that I've built up over the last few years, and I think they're all taken to it, uh, you know. Uh, uh, and they're leaving good reviews. And if you if you like the book, go to Amazon, leave a review. That definitely helps the authors. It's really important stuff. Um, but yeah, like um, I gotta say, like it, it's been nice to hear. One of the best reviews uh, I got, uh, someone wrote uh, on Amazon that like you know they 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 will never like the Star Wars prequels, but some of the stuff I wrote in the book had them questioning their decision about that. And wow! I'll take it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll take it. Wow! I tell you one thing, I know there's people that hate the prequels, but you know there's certain moments in the prequels that make it worthwhile. Like to me, the moment of. Um, the first, uh, the Phantom Menace was the the Obi Wan Darth Wall battle. To me, that really that was like the epic lightsaber fight we all wanted to see, and it was so awesome. There's a lot of great moments in the prequels that I think you know doesn't get enough credit for. 
Oh man, absolutely. And, and and there's even and I and I wrote about that a little bit. I actually wrote about the moment before that in the book, but a uh, moment with Padme and Palpatine is one of my favorite moments. Wow. Uh, some of the sounds, everything in in the uh, um, in the prequels, uh, the seismic charges are one of my favorite moments in yes. Star Wars. Just because of the sound so I wrote about that yeah there's a lot there and, and I always say about the prequels like I get it I get the criticisms and I was there too I was there too there's there's old shows where I just wasn't there yet on and then I just kind of changed how I how I took them in and and I think when you look at it from a from a certain point of view as Obi-Wan would say you find <laughs> you find what George put in there and you also find how it connects to a lot of the new Star Wars canon. And, and I, I just love them. They're Star Wars. Who doesn't love Star Wars, you know? <laughs> That's right. Um, speaking of Star Wars, of your collection of merchandise and hats, um, how much do you think you have? You have a lot of shirts? Like, you have more than five shirts? Too much. Uh, too much. I'll tell you what. I actually I actually have gotten rid of a lot recently. Um, wow. Just, uh, because I'll tell you why. Um, there became a little bit of a. It's too much, and everyone in the in the world has them, uh, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, we're in a wonderful era where you know I used to have like one Star Wars shirt because that's all I could find. Now I have too many. I just uh, I don't wear a lot of them anymore. Some of them are just. I had a lot of the Funko Pop ones, and I stopped. I, I just ran out of room. My closet is too full, and so I donated a lot of them recently. Uh, a lot of the ones I used to wear in Jedi Alliance. That's I think Jedi Alliance with Maud Garrett. We're coming up on almost six years oh ago. Oh my god! Wow. So yeah. I know it's kind of crazy. Uh, we started that show in the summer of 2014, and um, I just uh, you know after a while you got to clean up your wardrobe. And I, and I love I love I love Star Wars shirts now more. I don't like the mashup shirts anymore. Of here's Ned Stark as a Jedi. I I, I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, I have a Calicio's cereal shirt, but it just all that stuff, the ripped apparel stuff back in the day, that was all popular. I'm just got a little tired of that. I like very subtle things. Um, one of my favorite shirts, Star Wars shirt, Mod Garrett actually got it for me as a birthday gift years ago. It's just the little X-Wing, like a little, uh, looks like it's a, a pre-viz kind of uh, graphics, uh, a VFX kind of X-Wing, uh, and um, very subtle. Um, a fan of Jedi Council sent me a shirt that just has the Imperial Death Star kind of wall design, the lights that are in the background of kind of every Imperial installation or ship or station. And I love that because uh, it's one of those things you see it, you get it. It doesn't scream Star Wars. Uh, so I like that. But yeah, I, I, over the years I've gotten rid of uh, some stuff. Wow. Um, speaking of Maud Garrett and everybody else you co-hosted with, um, I know this is probably a loaded question, but um, out of all the shows you've done um, online and podcast form, who's been your, <laughs> this might probably be a tough question for you, but who's been your favorite co-host for you to work with? Like, you know, you and Maud, you and Alicia, you and Christian, like who's been your like favorite in your personal opinion? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so funny that, that I, I, I could have a different um, an, answer for each one. Any kind of show. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, uh, Maud Garrett was just a consummate professional. I've never felt more safe with a co-host, mm-hmm. um, where a lot of times on Jedi Alliance, and I was still getting in the back in the ring. I been, hadn't been hosting uh, for a while, you know, and I started a radio 27 years ago, but... You know, I've been doing stand-up and sketch, and that was the first time of me like, oh, I'm back in it. And to look across and just make eye contact with Maud and know that she's going to say the perfect thing to launch the show. We don't have to talk about it. 
uh, we just would sit down and broadcast mm-hmm. uh, while all still still being loose and funny. And, and that I mean, that was for 29 episodes, never once stressed about what the show was going to be. Uh, and that's powerful and important. And that's why I, I forever uh, have a soft spot for, for Mont Garrett and her stuff over there. Geek Bomb, check it out. She's got her fashion line now. She's doing great. Yeah. Um, but ever like Alicia Malone, same thing. She's a professional. Uh, I loved working with her on podcasts. Scott Mance. Yeah, the Schmoes, everyone. It's, everyone brings different uh, things to it. Uh, lately, Josh McCook and I, with the Afternoons of Josh and Ken podcast, yeah. that's something that I wouldn't have thought. That's something that years ago, I don't know, our styles would have worked together, but he brings something out of me, and I think maybe I focus him a little bit, and, and we have this great little team, and we make each other laugh. Um, and that's a different style of broadcasting. Working with Jennifer Landa and Joseph Scrimshaw on Four Center is different because that yeah. is a, a quieter, more serious. I mean, we have our fun, we make our jokes, but it's a more studious show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about Star Wars from both of them, from Joseph's uh, intellectual take and view on Star Wars and Jennifer's just raw passion and perspective and growing up seeing Star Wars from a different point of view than me. I mean, that's been valuable. So, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's some of the best ones out there. Oh, that's amazing, you know. And you know, it's it's. I'm still so proud of you, Ken, because you know you are doing what you wanted to do. And then from the time we talked, like four, five years ago, like you know, you were still, you know, you were still at your regular, you know, normal gig job, as you want to, you know, as people would say. And you know, you was pretty much had security, and you know, you had a security blanket, and you just pretty much. Did a bold leap, man, and you know it's it, it's amazing, and it's you know because not a lot of people could do that, man. Like you know, I know it's in hindsight, it's it, you know it seems like the like you made the right this on um, the right decision, but a lot of people would be scared at that, you know, at that at you know at doing that leap. So wow, it's a lot of credit to you, man. Uh, well, thank you, and and it, it sometimes you know you don't know you don't know. I still don't know where it's going. And <laughs> as a freelancer, every yeah. every month I'm not sure how I'm going to pay my bills. Um, so that's that's the harsh realities, and I don't want to. I always want to be transparent on that because yeah. uh, you know it's it's weird. Like people have um, sometimes a weird perspective. I treated I tweeted something out a while ago about my apartment complex. This is maybe a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Someone. T- Someone tweeted me, uh, oh my gosh, you live in an apartment? As if uh, <laughs> appearing on Schmoe's No made me a millionaire, you know, and I'm all out here in L.A. And I love that they think that, uh, that they look at us and they think, oh my gosh, these are successful folks because we're doing what we love. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I always laugh at that because it's like, oh no, like I know a friend of mine, I don't want to say their name, but like they got dropped off at an event uh, in like an Uber or something. And one of the security personnel working the event was like, oh, hey, I'm a big fan of you. Did you just get dropped off? Like, you know, <laughs> oh like a limo or a Beamer? And they were serious. They were serious. And, and this person was like, are you, are you joking? Because I most of the stuff I do is for free. So to hear, to hear what you're saying is really cool and I appreciate it. But to those listening who might be wanting to do it, number one, do it. Try it. But know what you're getting into. It's a tough. It's a tough road. Yeah, I'm saying. But what do what do people think? Like you have a mansion like John Cena or something, and you got like 20 cars. Like what do, what do people? I, I wish uh, you could see me like that. Uh, <laughs> it's just perspective. It's also an, it's an interesting yeah. comment. I'm not I'm not like even making fun of anybody who thinks that. Or yeah. think it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Because you and I and a lot of generations around us grew up with 
you turn on the TV or you go to the movies, and that is a, quote, celebrity. Uh, mm-hmm. That is uh, someone in the public eye who is very successful. And then you watch a show like Entertainment Tonight or Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and <laughs> everyone's living this great life. Yeah. Um, you, you know, back then, we didn't hear a lot about the struggles. Uh, we didn't hear about that stuff. We heard about it a little bit, a little puff piece on Entertainment Tonight. Uh, Robert uh, Wagner talks about uh, his tough times, uh, you know, uh, barely. But now with podcasts and and people digging in deep, and you're having this conversation with me, we get to hear more of the story. And then because of digital media, uh, you know, my my cousin's daughters who are like I think eleven and twelve now. Every time I see them out in Las Vegas, uh, we'll talk, and and they look at me being on YouTube as no different than you and I looking at Tom Hanks growing up. Uh, and it's a weird perspective. And I'm, I'm just like, uh, no, you're, you know, you're, you're, your cousin's cousin or whatever I am. It's so what, second cousin. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I like, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity, you know, but they're like, no, 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 you're on, you're on YouTube. Do you know so-and-so? Yeah. Do you know Grace Helbig? Do you know this person? And it's like, uh, yeah, I ran into Chris Helbig in the hallways at Screen Junkies once. Like, oh my God, what was she like? And they freak out. And and so I think if you've grown up from that perspective, because some people were listening to Schmoes Know when they were 13 or 14 years old, and now they're 20, 21, you might think of us in the same regard, which is great, but you know it doesn't necessarily translate. So it's 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 humorous to me, but also speaks to hey the perspective and and the power of digital media. Um, you know, we, you feel like you know us. You feel like we're, we're living the dream. Um, and believe me, we are. We are in our own ways. But it's just not the, you know, uh, yeah. I'm really hoping I make rent this month. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much you're like the 9 to 5 Joe, but except you're on camera, you know, basically. Right? You're pretty yeah, much working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, I, I'm having the best time of my life, but it's been stressful. It's been stressful. Uh, and... You know, when I had a security job, uh, it was literally a security job. It was uh, weekly, bi-weekly paychecks and a nice job, and I knew what I was doing every week and had the health insurance you were talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, you got to take that leap, and sometimes in life, if you have that itch, you got to take that leap. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, Ken. Um, we're winding down. Um, I want to promote your book again, um, Why We Love Star Wars, The Great Moments That Build a Galaxy Far, Far Away by Ken Knapsack. Um, put your sales pitch out there so people who haven't got the book yet, um, why should they get the book? Uh, you should get this book because if, if Star Wars has touched your life on any level at any point in your life, this is the book for you. This is a collection of love letters to Star Wars uh, about my journey, which is also your journey. You'll find that... Uh, uh, if you grew up thinking you're the only one who felt connected to Star Wars and you wish there were more, turns out we were all there. And now the fandom is large and it's exploded all over the galaxy. Uh, but jump on in and celebrate Star Wars with me and everyone else. And my final question for you, Ken, I think I asked you this the last time we talked, but probably your answer changed. What would the Ken Knapsack of today tell the Ken Knapsack of yesterday? Uh, he would say, head up. Um Good things are coming. You just have to work hard for it, and you have to take more chances sooner. And I would hope I would have listened. All right. Ken, uh, promote your social media, promote your shows, promote everything you got. Yeah, there's a lot going on. So the easiest thing to do is go to KenNapsock.com. That's N-A-P-Z-O-K. You can find a link to purchase my book. Uh, a lot of the shows I'm doing, like uh, Afternoons with Josh and Ken, Force Center, The Knapsack Files. 
uh, Casterly Talk, which is my Game of Thrones show. And even though the show is wrapped up, uh, we'll be going on, talking about a lot of the history, the lore, and getting ready for the prequel series. Um, and uh, on YouTube, I have a series called Motivations with Ken, which is a stupid uh, bad advice video, me in a bathrobe giving you the worst <laughs> advice imaginable, or sometimes the most honest advice and motivation that you need. So a lot going on. Just go to KenNapsack.com and figure it all out from there. Ladies and gentlemen, the pit boss, the one and only Ken Knapsack, why we love Star Wars, the great moments that build a galaxy far, far away. Ken, thank you so much for being on the podcast again, and hopefully it won't take another five years for you to come back on, man, and um, good luck to you. Uh, we'll do it. Promise. <laughs> and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.